This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. From fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Pod Therapy. Real people, real problems, and real therapists. If you have any questions you'd like to ask or advice you'd like to give, come on over to podtherapy.net and join the conversation. We heard you were good boys and girls this year, so you get a bonus episode. Today on the pod, we discuss goal setting and New Year's resolutions. And now, broadcasting from southwest Las Vegas, kind of over by the Jack in the Box, that guy is Brian Goche. I'm Nick Tangeman. It's time for some pod therapy. All right, so we'll start off with the uh, elephant in the room. No pun intended. Pun received. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for all of you Jimaniacs, uh, that's what I call Jim's fans, uh, there's no Jim today. No Jim on the pod. So instead, we've got uh, Brian Goche. So Brian is going to be our guest. Um, like I said in the intro, uh, we had talked a while back that we were going to do a, uh, a bonus episode about goal setting, and so today, this is that episode. Jim couldn't make it, so I got Brian filling in. Uh, so Brian, who are you, and why should we care? Um, my name is Brian Goche. Um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker as well as a licensed alcohol and drug counselor uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, I've been a practicing clinician uh, for over the past 10 years or so in Las Vegas. Um, I'm not sure why you should care, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> so Brian, um, we have worked together, kind of like Jim and I have worked together. We have worked together at how many places now? Four? Four? <laughs> Four? Yeah. Yeah. Out of those four places, uh, uh, which supervisor did you enjoy the most out of those four places? Um, <laughs> <laughs> look at him trying to <laughs> feed himself compliments. <laughs> well, the obvious answer is Nick. There you go. Good job. That's all we need. All right. So, um, yeah, so Brian is here. We are going to talk about goal setting, which is actually something that we have talked quite a bit about. Yeah. Um, we've worked at uh, mostly, uh, we worked at one mental health place, but for the most part, we've worked at addictions treatment centers. Sure. And so that's a big part of our job as therapists, as clinicians, is we actually have to uh, create a treatment plan, which essentially is setting goals for the client. Um, although we don't really set the goals for the client, right? Right. No, clients set their own goals. Right, exactly. So, But we have to coach them through that because that's a very difficult skill. It's not something that uh, just kind of comes second nature. So um, I guess we're coming up on New Year's. New Year's resolution, this is the time when most people 
set uh, goals for the for the new year, um, which we were just kind of talking about earlier. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense if you think about it. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of an arbitrary marker that we've almost kind of just created culturally. But I mean, there's really you can create new goals any time of the year and it would be right. foolish to wait. Well, I got to wait till January to try and do something different or make yeah. a change. Although it is convenient if your new goal is something you honestly don't want to do. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of like, when uh, when should I start my diet? Tomorrow. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, that kind of is, is our segue into the first question, which is why do you think people fail at their New Year's resolutions? Um, I, I guess one of the first things that we were kind of talking about is one of the big reasons that this happens is because we're ultimately talking about a change in a pattern of behavior, right? I mean, we've established a status quo. We've established how our lives normally are. And if we're trying to make some kind of big change, it's really difficult. Well, I mean, why do you think that is? Well, I mean, you know, kind of like you were just saying, we all fall into patterns and fall ways of behaving because it's comfortable for us. And it's what we know. And anytime we're trying to implement something new, um, whether even if it's a positive change, it's still uncomfortable. It's still something outside of what we normally do. And, and people are just resistant to that naturally, you know. Right. Anything that's new, a lot of times is going to be rejected. Right. And there's something else that you mentioned earlier um, before we actually started uh, recording. You had brought up the idea of goal competition. What is that? Um, it, it's a term that uh, kind of gets thrown around in psychology when they're looking at, you know, why do people um, fail at, at achieving their goals? And really it's the idea that, you know, we as people only have so much energy to be able to devote to certain activities that we do. And when we try and take on a new goal, it competes with the things that are already going on in our lives. And so one of the reasons that we fail is, again, it's kind of like putting too many irons in the fire. So we put we're taking on this new goal, not really considering that maybe there's other goals we should put on pause or maybe that aren't really as important right now. And so it just becomes a competition with what's already going on and we kind of burn ourselves out. Right. That makes sense. I, I can see that. You also brought up a study that you had read about um, regarding procrastination. Sure. And, uh, you know, we're talking about what prevents people from reaching their goals. And I think procrastination is probably the Obviously. biggest one. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. It's um, huge. Yeah. And so they were kind of looking at this study and they were looking at, well, you know, Procrastination is a big deal, um, and so they gave these these group of people a beeper, and they would give them an assigned task, and they would kind of beep them and check in with them throughout the week to see how well they're doing on their goal. And so they might check with them on Monday and say, you know, how are you doing on your goal? And, you know, if they haven't started the goal, they'd ask them, you know, how are you feeling about it? You know, what are the challenges standing in the way? Uh, what's your plan moving forward? And a response they would get oftentimes from people is, um, oh, well, I haven't worked on my goal because um, it, today's not a good day. Or um, I work better under pressure, so I'm going wait to wait, or, <laughs> wait till later in the week. Um, you know, which I think is a pretty common bullshit. <laughs> yeah, rationalization that we all use. And they kind of talk about that. You know, the reason that people do that is, you know, it, it, there's this dissonance that happens between, okay, we've set this goal for ourselves. We know we should be working out on Monday. We're not doing it. Our behaviors are matching up. So we're going to rationalize. Well, why aren't I doing it today? Well, these are the reasons why. Right. I think the thing that I found interesting about the study is that, you know, they would get in contact with these folks later on down the week. And never later down the week would people say, Oh, well, yeah, today was a better day. Now I'm under pressure, just like I like I wanted to so that I can perform right. well. Today's a good day. Like, there's never a good day. <laughs> You're always wanting to put it off. Right. And I think that's a good point because I think people suffer from this idea that there's going to be a better time. Right. 
that there's going to be a time that you're going to be working on your goal that it's not going to be inconvenient for you. And that's completely absurd. It's we're changing a pattern of behavior. It's always going to be inconvenient. There's never going to be a perfect time. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, I always kind of throw out the quote a lot, you know, when you want something, you find a way when you don't, you find an excuse. Ah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that so many times over the last seven years, but it's true. It's It's absolutely true. true. And you know, it's one of those things that it sticks with me because I've heard you say that so many times. So now when I'm just, I, I know I'm making an excuse. I hear that in my head and it irritates the shit out of me, (laughs) but it's so right. Right. Um, you know, and the other thing I found interesting about the, the, the study that they did was, you know, when you look at the people on Monday and they're talking about the, the, the goal or the, the activity they have to do, their stress that they report is so high and their anticipation and just kind of feeling overwhelmed. Whereas on Thursday you know, or later in the week when they actually start, you know, working towards the goal, they realize right away that the task isn't as bad as they made it out to be in their mind and their anxiety usually mm-hmm. drops significantly. And, you know, even if they're not able to complete the goal, the fact that they've made some progress towards it or they're working towards it will usually drop people's anxiety. So, you know, it's just kind of this idea of sometimes you just jump in and start working on it. And, you know, your anxiety is almost way worse than you've made it out to be once yes. you start doing it. Yes, that acts, that's 100% true. And actually, it's kind of funny because I was I realized this a while ago because um, I've been working out regularly. I've been lifting weights uh, pretty consistently for the past uh, almost 16 months now. And one of my one of the exercises that I absolutely hate is I hate back squats. I hate leg days. I cannot stand leg days. But I realized that the longer I take, the more agonizing it is because I, I will talk myself out of it faster than I'll talk myself into it. Whereas if I just get under the weight and I just pick it up and I squat all the way down and I do that as quickly as I possibly can, then I'm like, well, there's no other choice but to lift it back up, right? I mean, you, <laughs> right. what else am I going to do? Where are you like, going with this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got no place else to go with it. I have to lift it up again. So like to just to, and actually there's a lot of um, workout programs. I know I used to do CrossFit and CrossFit did this too, where like when people would take a break, when they would stop, like the coach would jump in and be like, okay, ready? We're going to go in three, two, one, go. And when, by doing that countdown, it just kind of forces them, forces that person to just be like, oh shit, like this is happening. It's going to happen. So may as well just get into it and do it. Good point. One of the other things that we talked about too, uh, that I think is, is a problem is that people don't really have a specific design or a specific format for their goal. So, for example, Brian, what is wrong with me setting a goal of I want to be rich? Well, define rich. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about that in the show. Rich, to me, may mean something completely different than rich to somebody else, right? I mean, there's a lot of people in Las Vegas that if they woke up tomorrow with my money, it would be a disaster. Um, So we have to be able to define what that is. A lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got a good retirement program. But that's where all my money goes. Yeah. <laughs> and you still got to make it there. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Who knows if that'll happen. So, yeah, so it's not really well defined. Um, there's no real mechanism for how it's going to happen. 
it almost kind of sounds like it's it's just as likely to be luck as it is to be a behavior or something that I'm doing. So it's not really well defined. It's that that's just a terrible goal to set. So what we want to do today is we want to steer people in the right direction. So if you're one of those folks and you're looking at setting a goal or creating a New Year's resolution, uh, we want to give you some tips, something that you can kind of use uh, that hopefully will make your goal more accomplishable, that you'll, you'll get to the end of it this year. So a few things that we're going to talk about. So, Brian, there's a difference between goals and objectives. What is that about? Yeah, and you know, I, and you know, kind of like what you're saying before. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily think that most people kind of sit down and break this stuff down and think about it. You know, especially with goal setting. You know, it's usually like an arbitrary thing. Like, yeah, I just want to lose weight. Um, and kind of same thing with goals and objectives. I think a lot of people look at them as the same thing, and they're really not. You know, goal is kind of like the, the end means. It's where we want to be. The objectives are the steps that we want to take to get there. Um, you know, I always kind of use the analogy of baking a cake. You know, I want to okay. have a birthday cake. Um, but it's just not going to materialize. You know, I got to get ingredients together. I got to crack an egg. I got to put water and oil and flour together. I got to preheat the oven, put all the ingredients together. Those are the objectives. Those are the action steps that I'm going to take to reach my goal. So, um, so without those things, I'm not going to have it. Right. So, I mean, people, uh, weight loss is always a good example because so many people want to do this, um, you know, for a New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. So if, they, if they're setting a goal, they can have a goal of something like, yeah, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. From now until the uh, until uh, December 2019, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, and that's fine. But then that can't really be where you stop, right? right. The, right. That's, and I think that's where most people make that mistake is they'll say, "Well, I'm going to eat healthy." Okay, well, what's <laughs> what does that mean, and and how are you going to accomplish this? Or I'm going to work out. Okay, great. That's but how are you going to do that? So there's an acronym that we like to use. It's SMART, S-M-A-R-T. So we're going to kind of break this down because if you are able to figure out a way to use this and you can apply this when you're creating goals and objectives, uh, it's going to make you way more likely to actually follow through with and accomplish them. So starting off with S, specific, what do we mean by that? You know, just like what we're talking about right now, you know, we... If we aren't specific in the things that we want to accomplish and how we're going to do it, how do we know that we are reaching the end goal? Um, so it's the who, what, when, where, why of, of the goal, you know. So, you know, I want to lose weight. Okay, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week from 7 to 7.30. Um, I'm going to maybe break it up between leg day and arm day, you know. Right. And then you can even break it down even more specific than that. But again, the more specific you have the more likely you're going to complete it because you have a game plan. Right. And you're able to measure whether or not you completed it. Yeah. And I don't know if you had this experience. I'm guessing you probably did. But uh, my clients used to be really upset and frustrated with me because one of the things that I would do with them is I would I would continue to break this down. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? And they would just get frustrated. But like the example of, you know, I, I, I'm sure you had the same thing happen where you have a client and they're like, my goal, my goal is I'm going to stay clean. Right. <laughs> okay, great. How are you going to do that? No, not use. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to do that? Not put drugs in my body. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is also, I, we didn't, uh, I didn't have this in my notes, but this is a good point to bring up. Um, when we set goals, we always want to set a goal in the presence of something preferred. Mm, And what I mean by that is avoid using the words not or never or something like that. Avoid negatives when creating a goal. 
And the reason why we want to do this is because we naturally want to focus on what we're going to be doing, not what we're not going to be doing. It's kind of like uh, that phenomenon when you're on a tall ladder and somebody says, don't look down. All right, what do you do? You'll look down right. or put you in a room and say, whatever you do, don't touch this red button. Okay, well, what happens? You touch the red button. Because when you make a goal of I'm not going to do something, all you end up doing is flooding your mind with don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. So now the thing that you said you're not going to do is the thing that's taking up all of your mental energy. So uh, if we were, what would be an example of that, Brian? Uh, something that somebody may set for New Year's resolution that is in the negative um, I'm not going to eat fast food anymore. Oh, there you go. Okay, right. All right. So we're going to make that as a goal, but then that just gets stuck in their head. Don't eat fast food. Don't eat fast food. Don't eat fast food. So what's going on in my head? Fast food, fast food, fast food. So we use the instead question. What are you going to eat instead of using fast food. So how could you reframe that? If you had a client or you're working with somebody and they wanted to set that as a goal, how would you reframe it for them? Well, I mean, yeah, you want to focus on the behavior they want to do. So I'm going to eat healthy food. So I'm going to eat salads for lunch or I'm going to eat whole foods, uh, unprocessed foods. So that's what's what I'm going to focus on, what I'm going to do, not what I'm not going to do. Right. And you could even create some kind of, um, behavior or intervention for uh, when I have the thought of wanting to eat food, fast food, then I'm going to do blank, right? You can kind of pair it with something else. So when they have that thought, they've already got a plan in place. Another thing too is, let's say fast food was the issue. We should take some time to figure out why is it so tempting? What is it about fast food that drives them there? Um, Is it the taste? Is it just not having to cook? So the convenience, um, for me, it was always time. Whenever I, whenever I said to myself, I'm not going to eat fast food, I would do really well until I had a busy day at work and then I had a meeting I had to get to and I've got something else. And then I ended up just eating it because it's like, well, I kind of talked myself into it, right? Well, I don't have any other options. I just, it's right there. I just got to eat something. Well, that kind of goes back to what we before with the rationale, right? <laughs> I'm not going right. to meet this goal because I'm going to rationalize it. Today's right. not a good day. I'm super busy. I don't have enough time. Right. Which, which actually leads me to another one of, uh, one of the sayings that I heard uh, several times in treatment. I don't remember who it was. Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> Which the thing, here's what's really funny, the thing that really bothered me about that saying is prior preparation. You don't need the first one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Is there any preparation that isn't prior? You're right. Uh, Good point. I I considered that. (laughs) Prior preparation. Pre-preparation for my preparation? (laughs) I'm preparing to prepare? We could just just say preparation prevents piss poor performance, right? Or what's the other one along that line? Uh, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or what's your what's your big one? A, fa- uh, a failure to plan or your your failure to plan. Oh, uh, a lack of planning on your part doesn't constitute an emergency on mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was used a lot. Oh, that was a good one. 
Uh, so, okay. So, so then we would help that person identify. So what are the obstacles that you're going to be encountering? So let's come up with some objectives and some interventions, some strategies so that you've got those kind of in your holster. When you run across that obstacle, you're ready. You're already prepared. So if for me, it was, uh, if it's avoiding fast food, but I understand that, uh, time constraints are my biggest obstacle, then, I need to prepare ahead of time. I need to have pre-planned meals. I need to, I know I've got to wake up a little bit earlier in the morning. I've got to have things kind of scheduled out. I have to know kind of what I've got and maybe even having some healthy snacks in my office. Mm -hmm. All right. So one thing when we're still on S for specific, one thing that's really important is our goals can't be dependent on someone else. What do we mean by that, Brian? Um, you know, the example I was kind of thinking of uh, earlier was, um, you know, I want to get a raise. Um, and that's mm, a good goal yeah. to have, um, except it's up to my boss whether or not I get a raise or not. Right. There's things that I can do in my performance that might help justify that. But at the end of the day, I don't have any control over whether or not I can actually achieve that goal. Right. So we don't want to, we don't want to create a goal that puts somebody else in the driver's seat. You have to be in the driver's seat of all of your goals. So, um, we used to get a lot of folks in the residential program that would come in and because they're in there for drug or alcohol abuse, they've pretty much destroyed relationships with family. So we had a lot of folks that, uh, would want to set, uh, a goal like I will rebuild trust with my family, which sounds like that's a really good goal. But the problem, as you pointed out, is that it's, well, that's not 100% within that person's control. They could do everything within their power to reestablish trust, but at the end of the day, it's the family member's decision, do I want to trust this person again? So we would reframe that goal into something more like, I will display trustworthy behaviors. So there you go. That's 100% within your control. Um, you had mentioned uh, before we started recording, you said implementation intentions. What's that about? It's it's just kind of this concept, you know, and it's the idea of, you know, setting specific goals. You know, if it's the if-then plan. Um, so it, it's this, you know, the idea that if we have a specific goal, then we're more inclined to follow through on it. And they've actually done a lot of studies on this um, where, you know, people have, you know, they've taken a group of people and they have one group uh, write down, okay, you know, again, using exercise, I will work out, you know, this many days a week for this long with these people and identify, you know, the things that have to be in place. Um, and what the studies have shown is that, you know, people who have these specific goals are two to three times more likely to actually follow through on the behavior versus those that don't, those who have just a vague goal of, I want to get in better shape. Um, so it's just, as, you know, it's just the, the, the same concept we're talking about right now. When we have a more solid concrete goal, we're more inclined to follow through on it. Yeah. You know, and one thing we didn't talk about before, we kind of skipped over this and I think it kind of fits in here is the example of visualizing what you're going to be doing. So you had right. said uh, a, a Navy SEAL kind of used this example. Yeah, I'd read this article a while ago, and he was talking about motivation. And he said, you know, one thing that people tend to do a lot is when we're talking about goals and looking at, you know, what we want to accomplish, we're always focused on the end goal. You know, so again, using exercise, because that's a big one that people tend to, to utilize is, you know, picturing yourself being fit and, and running the 5K and, and looking at the end target, which is good. But he's saying it's more important and has more of an impact if you are focusing your attention on what are the daily things that you need to do to reach those goals. So instead of picturing yourself, you know, at the end of the finish line of the 5K, picture yourself waking up at 430 every morning, running miles in the dark right. and getting up yeah. in the cold, you know. 
uh, you know, because that's really what it's going to take to reach the goal. Right. And I agree with that because I think I've seen this a lot with people where they uh, – it, it, you can tell they're really motivated. You can tell that they really want to accomplish this, but it seems like they never make any progress. And I always use the example of like a staircase where they're so focused on what's at the Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The top of the staircase that they're not focusing on what's the next step. Right. And so they just spend their whole lives staying on that la- uh, on that first step just looking at the end and never actually being able to achieve it. So, yeah, breaking it down, focusing on the next move. Uh let's move on to M, which is measurable. So in our SMART uh acronym, we need to make our goals measurable. So th- we want to make them performance based. What would do you have an example of that? What would that look like? So you know, kind of, again, using the example of wanting a raise at work, um, you know, how can we measure that? Um, I can't have the expectation that I'm going to get the raise because I'm not, I don't have any control over that, but what is it that I can measure that I'm working towards that? You know, um, am I turning in my assignments on time, um, for my, my job? Am I showing up on time for work? Right. Am I, you know, working extra hours, things that I can tangibly show here are the efforts I'm making that's going to work towards my goal of better job performance. I always tell people to put a number in your goal to have something some because numbers automatically oh, sure. make it measurable. So any way that you can put a number in there is going to be good. So I've even had people clients who just who started off with their goal of um I want to be happy. Okay, well we can't measure happy, right. right? That's impossible. So one of the things that we can do is we can find what are the things that are associated with happiness and let's measure those. So how many times a day are you going to smile? You know, simple things like that. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to tell three jokes this week. You know, sure. to three good friends. I'm going to spend um, 15 minutes of my day uh, going for a hike in the morning because that makes me happy. You know, you find other things that you can measure, but being able to put somehow being able to put a number with it. Sure. And I was like the example that you will often say too, of, you know, imagine your life is kind of a, a silent movie. And if people were watching right. it, how would they yeah. know that you're what, what you're doing? You know, yes. so things that are observable things that, you know, and those are things that we can measure as well too. Yes. Behaviors. It's gotta be behavior based. Uh, you know, a really good goal when we think of measurability of an, of an objective is uh, I'm sure you've been by the the school that's raising money for a playground, right? Mm-hmm. And they always have the thermometer up right. front, you know, where <laughs> they, progress yeah, as where you they go mark up. it. Like, but that's how we should do every goal. That's how we should do every objective. And when uh, whenever I was a, a, a residential counselor for a substance abuse treatment program for any of my clients, I would tell them at any point I should be able to come up to you and ask you, "How are you doing?" in your progress on your goal. And you should be able to give me a definitive answer. If, if I ask you, how are you doing on your goal? And you're like, um, I kind of did well. I kind of made some progress and then, but I've kind of had some setbacks 
is not very specific, which tells me that it's not measurable. Right. right. Whereas, like, if, if I were to ask that, that elementary school, how are you doing on your goal? They can say, we've got $4,327 yet we have to raise. Right. Boom. Specific. They know exactly where they are. All of this helps you. Uh, accomplish your goal because it's uh, it it gives you a place where you know you're at. It kind of gives you that focus. You had mentioned also setting an upper limit. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean I came across this concept that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, when we're usually setting goals, we'll usually kind of set a minimum requirement. Um, I'll, I'll use my wife as an example right now. So she's um, currently doing this 40-day running streak challenge, and I think it's a big thing. Oh, really? Through, yeah, it's something through Runner's World that I guess everyone does around the holidays to try and help manage weight. But the whole idea is from like November to the first of the year, you have to run for 40 days straight, and you have to run for at least one mile a day. So that, oh. that's the minimum. So, I mean, that's how she can measure that each day as long as she runs a mile. But sometimes she gets a little overzealous. And so <laughs> she says, okay, well, I'm going to run a little bit more than a mile today. And there have been times where running for her the next day is more difficult because maybe she ran four miles the day before. And now, man, I just don't have the energy to run that mile the next day. And so sometimes setting an upper limit of saying, okay, I'm going to run at least a mile a day, but no more than two. Because even though I may feel like it today, I don't want to burn myself out in the long run. Yes. You know what? That makes total sense. And I didn't actually think about it till now, but I do that all the time. Because here's what will happen for me. So I work out... Um, my, my schedule at the gym, I go three days on, then I have an off day, which is only cardio. And that's when I play hockey. And then I go two more days and then I have a complete rest day. And then I start the week over again, but there will be days where I will, I I may go like in the morning and then I still have some energy at night. So maybe I'll go at night and then I'm like, all right, I got, I got tomorrow's workout in. So then I'm off that day when I should be exercising and then that just makes it harder to go back the next day. It's really hard to hit to go back after an off day. So if my goal is to run one mile a day and I run four miles today, my mind automatically goes to, sweet, I got four <laughs> days off <laughs> to do this. Done. Yeah. <laughs> so then when that fifth day comes, yeah, I just made it even more difficult for myself. So I that makes total sense. I think keeping it small and keeping it something that you're going to constantly chip away at, but you're going to do it on a daily basis and you establish a new pattern, right? right? Right. That's a good point. All right, so moving on to A. And this is where I'm glad you and I, Brian, agree on this because a lot of people disagree on what the acronym SMART means. And they will say... Uh, A is uh, what is it? achievable. Achievable, and then right. R is where it becomes questionable. Right. Okay. So, so a lot of people will say realistic. Right. Is R is R. Whereas you and I agree that it should be relevant. Relevant. Yeah. Because if you have if A is achievable, that already takes care of realism. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> you, you, you can't. If you're going to have an acronym, that's one of the things that has always bothered me. Is when people make an acronym out of something that shouldn't be an acronym. And so they like have to twist words around to make it actually sound like right. a word. Or, or one letter is like three words because right. you have to find a sentence that fits with the next letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So A, achievable. So what does that mean, Brian? I mean, basically, can it be done? Um, you know, is this, you know, is it a goal that you can accomplish? Um, you know, how realistic is the goal based on the constraints? So, you know, um, maybe my goal is I want to open a business, but I have no money in savings. Well, I have a financial constraint right. that doesn't make that goal achievable. 
Um, I know that you guys can't see me, but I will just simply say I'm not a very dainty person. So maybe it's not achievable for me to become a Rockette full time. You know? <laughs> I disagree. I, I think mean, you we could all have that. a dream. You, know, but. <laughs> you could be a Rockette. Well, not with that attitude, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm defeating, <laughs> defeating myself before I even begin. <laughs> But yeah, you know, or, or even, you know, just kind of setting the bar too high, you know, I'm going to run, you know, a thousand mile race nonstop. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, or yeah, I'm going to run a marathon, um, you know, in four months. Right. Yeah. That, you know, I don't know if that's enough time to run a marathon to right. work your way up. Well, something to it. that's just, it's just kind of a, a checks and balances. Okay. Are you, are you being realistic? Is this something that's achievable for you? Mm-hmm. You know, so. And the other thing to be realistic about, too, is being realistic about what it's going to take to accomplish the goal. Oh, absolutely. Right. So um, my favorite example, I, I loved using this all the time when I was a, a counselor at a rehab, is I would use the example of saying, like, everybody wants six-pack abs. Like, there's nobody on earth who doesn't want six-pack abs. But, like, a small percentage of people on earth actually have them. Why is that? And because we all know what it takes to do it. But some of us are just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. Like I, for the longest time that like, that was my goal. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But then I, I kept doing it. I'm like, I got to look at all the stuff that I have to sacrifice and give up consistently on a regular basis. I'm like, no, I'm just not going to do it. Right. Yeah. Everyone wants a gold medal, but no one wants to train like an Olympian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So um, that's that's another really important thing to be realistic about. What is it going to take? How is it going to look? Um, you know, to to do this every day and be consistent with it. Um, I think also kind of tying it back to what I had said earlier about being realistic about what your obstacles are. I had a goal once that I was going to learn Spanish. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was I did pretty well for the most part for a week I, for a while <laughs> or two. Yeah. But like I again, it was one of those things where uh, I didn't have a plan in place for what happens when the time that I set aside to do that every morning I had a certain time, and it was I was doing it consistently every morning. But I didn't have a plan in place for what I was going to do for that moment that I wasn't able to utilize that time. Something happened. You know, some kind of emergency happened or something. Yeah, there was no emergency. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be real. But something happened. It got me off track and I just, I never got back into it. So being realistic about how much time that you have uh, able to invest in this and are you willing to put in the work to attain it? Yeah, and I think it kind of goes back to the concept earlier too of just the, the goal competition. You know, when you're going to implement something new, you know, are you giving yourself enough time and energy to do it? Because you can't keep doing the things you've always been doing, put something in place and not expect it to affect you one way or another. You know? Right. Yep. Okay. Um, relevance. R. Um, some people, like I said, call this realistic. We like relevant. And relevant, I think, basically means that we have to make the goal important. It has to actually mean something to us. We don't want to make a goal that just, it, whether or not we accomplish it, we're just kind of like, yeah, okay, maybe, yeah, it's nice. But if that's the attitude we have towards it, we're not going to accomplish this, right? Sure. And, you know, just kind of going back, you know, you mentioned earlier developing treatment plan with clients, you know, um, you know, clients get frustrated with me because they sit down and they say, okay, well, what do you want to get a treatment? And they, well, what do you want me to do? You know, tell, tell me what you need me to do. 
And I, and I tried to explain to him, so I could come up with a treatment plan for you, but it's not going to mean anything to you. These goals are going to be important to me and things that I want, but not important to you. And so I explained why it's important that they identify the goals, because when we identify the things that are important to us, we're more inclined to follow through on it. So I could tell them to journal yes. every day, but maybe they hate writing. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to do it. Yeah. No one is going to work hard on a goal that somebody else created for them. And that's, I mean, we used to get a lot of court mandated clients, right? And that was always an issue too, because we would say, well, what, what do you want to work on? Well, I don't want to work on anything. I don't want to be here. You know, like, what do you want? I want my PO off my back. Okay, great. That just became the goal. <laughs> yeah. What is that going to take? <laughs> What's it going to take? Call him once a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Submit clean UAs. <laughs> yeah. There is a huge hot air balloon flying right outside the window. Oh, there it is. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This is great podcasting here. <laughs> I can describe the balloon to you. <laughs> this is the podcast meant for TV. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just the idea that, yeah, if, if a goal isn't significant to us in some way, then we're probably not going to follow through on it. Um, and actually, one of the things I came across, too, while I was kind of preparing for this was, you know, when we're looking at the specific goal, sometimes it's recommended to tie the reason back into the goal. Yes. You know, so, you know, let's say that one goal that I want to have is, you know, I want to I want to start flossing more. So I say, okay, I'm going to make a goal of flossing every night after I brush my teeth because I want to have a more confident smile. So, right. Yes. So yeah. basically you're writing down, which is another point we haven't really mentioned, the importance of writing stuff mm-hmm. down. Um, I always thought this was really stupid and I still don't like it, but it actually does work. If you, <laughs> That's why he doesn't like it. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't like anything that works. If you actually write down your goal, you are way more likely to follow through with it. Um, so to kind of use that example, um, if you're writing down this goal, be sure to write down why you're doing it. What is the purpose behind doing this? And what is it that you hope to gain at the end? And I like when you explain why writing down is important, right? Because you're basically processing the information three times. Yes. You know, and I'll let you explain that because you do a much better job than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, essentially you are, you have to process it when you think about it. You have to process it when you're writing it. And then when you read it again, you're processing it again. And here's a fourth, share it with somebody. Explain to somebody why you're doing this and what you're doing. So you, you're going to process it a fourth time. The more you can ingrain this into your brain, the more likely it is and the easier it's going to be for you to fall through. And I don't know if we talked about this, but when I mentioned the flossing example right now, um, when setting a goal, sometimes it's a good idea to pair it with a behavior you're already doing. Right. Environmental cues, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's why I kind of threw out the, when I'm putting the toothbrush, you know, the toothpaste on my toothbrush, I'll get the floss out because I'm already going to brush my teeth. So that's what I'm already doing, but I want to add the flossing to it. So I'm connecting those two behaviors. Right. And that's, it's a really good point for goal setting. I think it works really well. We use this all the time for every other aspect of our lives, but for some reason, when we set goals, we forget to do this. Using behaviors that you're already doing and pairing behaviors. So, for example, uh, anytime that I need to uh, take something to work, I always put my car keys at a certain place in my house. So if there's something that I have to take with me the next morning, I always put it with my car keys. Or sometimes what I'll do, like I've got a, uh, when I travel for business, I've got a uh, one of those portable chargers for your phone. Right. So I never use it except when I'm traveling. So like the night before, I'll have it charging someplace and I don't want to forget it. So I can't move that to where my keys are. So what I'll do is I'll move my keys over there. Mm -hmm. So then I just I I have to actually my keys aren't in their usual spot. I have to go find them. 
I don't hide them from myself necessarily, <laughs> although I, I could see how that would be a problem. Hasn't been yet, but sure, it no, seems to work. And I've done that, you know, like not forget my lunch. I'll put my car keys in the fridge with my lunch because I'm not leaving the <laughs> house without my car keys. <laughs> and then when I go to get my keys, there's my lunch. So I grab that with me. Yeah. Maybe so. that's why your uh, remote doesn't work all the time. You're draining the battery. <sighs> you know, Cold temperature. this is about goal setting, sir. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been picking on you a lot in this since we've been doing this, and you've just been sitting there taking it, and it's bothering me because it's making me look like an asshole. But if you people knew Brian, and you, he's not, he's not innocent. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have been making an effort to be polite. That is true. You are <laughs> I'm way, the guest here on this show. You are way uh, politer than you usually are. You no, know, I may want to be invited back. So you know. <laughs> No, our our folks are are used to some profanity. You should. <laughs> All right, it's you've opened the floodgates. No. Jim talked about an anal orgy like three episodes ago. Oh, oh, I'm in good company then. I'm I'm just fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, he did and... offer me a drink before. Maybe I'll take it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we are to T in smart, and T stands stands for time. So time limited. So. When we're setting our goals, we always want to have an end point. Um, you know, how long are we going to work towards this goal? How much time are we going to give to accomplish this goal? Um, you know, and that's a, that's a, not only gives us, okay, a little bit of motivation because we have a time frame to complete something, but it gives us a marker to know when we've completed it. Um, yeah. The example I always like to use when working with clients is I would say, okay, imagine you've signed up for a 5K. You're going to run this 5K and this is on a course that you've never been on before. How do you know when you're done? And they'll say, well, you know, usually there's some kind of archway or something that you run through. There's some guy there with a stopwatch or there's a clock there. You know, there's a whole bunch of people gathered around, you know, you, you kind of have an expectation of what the finish line looks like. A lot of people set goals where they don't have a finish line. And it's, it's kind of like running that 5k race. And you're just like, well, I, I don't, I, I guess I'm done. I, I, ran, I, guess I ran out is, of water. Yeah, this is a good night. <laughs> My shoes came untied, so I guess I'll just stop. Uh, yeah, you want to have some kind of time limit or some some kind of finish line for your goal. But also time limit, doesn't. Ha- it's not just for the goal itself. It's also for all of the objectives, right? So mm-hmm. and I, how many levels can you put time on? Well, if my goal is, uh, let's just go back to uh, exercise as an example. Well, um, I'm going to, you know, we should have uh, some kind of end time limit. So I know this is from now until the end of December of this year or next year. Uh, so that's one way I'm measuring time. I'm also going to say I'm going to be going to the gym five days a week. So that's time. How much time am I going to spend at the gym? That's time. And one thing that I would always encourage people to do too is not to set a time for how long you're going to be at the gym because you can be at the gym for two hours not doing anything, right? right. So <laughs> time, time shouldn't necessarily be a factor in that way. It should be something like uh, some other way of measuring it. Like so if I'm, if I'm working on uh, my bench press, you know, I'm going to increase my bench press by 55% from now until uh, December 2019. Okay, great. That's, you know, that's measurable. 
Um, but yeah, finding time, uh, time in, in the day, like I'm going to go to the gym every morning at 6am. That's another aspect in which we've included time. And I think the other nice thing about having, you know, a time frame too, is that, you know, when you've reached the end of your, your time that you've set for your goal, it's, it's a chance for evaluation, right? And exactly. if you're never taking the time to say, okay, I'm going to kind of stop and see where I'm at this far in the future. How do you know whether or not your strategy is working? Yes. And that's another tip that we should probably put in here. Uh, we didn't put that in, but uh, having uh, benchmarks along the way, you know, 12 months is a long time. Mm-hmm. If, if we're talking about a New Year's resolution that you're going to do from now until next December, that's a long time. So, and sometimes if we don't have those benchmarks, if we're not looking at progress regularly, it, it can be uh, frustrating. You just get to a point where you're just like, I'm not seeing any results. I'm getting really frustrated. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of think of the analogy of, you know, climbing Mount Everest. If I'm standing at the base of Everest looking at the top of it, I'm going, oh, I am never going to climb that. That is daunting. That's overwhelming. But then if the Sherpa comes up and says, well, we just only have to make it to base camp today. I'm like, right. Okay, yeah. that's, that's yeah. more manageable. That's more reasonable. Right. And I think, you know, going off of that analogy, sometimes it's beneficial, too, to stop and turn around. And look, like, yeah, because I mean, I've, I've, uh, I haven't climbed Everest, but I've climbed Mount Charleston, which is Nevada's Everest. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's not even Nevada's Everest, it's Southern Nevada's Everest. Um, but yeah, you, you feel like you're walking forever and you don't feel like you're getting any closer to the peak, right? And then you turn around and you're like, oh, yeah, I was way down there. Okay, no, I, I am making progress. So it can be, uh, motivating a little bit. All right. Any other, um, tips any other feedback brian well you know i think the only other thing that i came across was you know the the smart acronym is is commonly used but then somebody else out there had thrown out an e and an r which is you know evaluate and then uh redesign so again you know if you you know reach the end of your time limit and you look at oh man i didn't reach my goal maybe the way i wanted to well what happened okay well let me redesign and kind of go again you know you don't want to repeat the same goal again if you didn't get your result that you wanted Right. That's a good point. So maybe it'd be a good idea too, if you're setting your goal to set right away, set an evaluation period. Mm-hmm. So maybe 30 days out, I'm going to have an evaluation. I'm going to you know sit down. I'm going to look at how I'm doing. And then I can kind of, you said readjust or what was it? R? Uh, like reevaluate. Re- reevaluate. Or redesign. <laughs> redesign. Redesign. Evaluate, redesign. Right. So there, there you go. Uh, so thank you, Therapals. I hope that helps. Um, any other feedback? Any you know, other I guess thoughts? My, my last little quote that I always throw out all the time is, you know, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. There you go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that fits here too. Absolutely. All right. And that's all the time that we've got for this week's episode. We want to thank our landlords, the ice cream social, even though we're not actually at the, uh, the churn this week, we're recording from Nick's house. And thank you to all of those who contribute to the show. We really appreciate it. Remember pod therapy isn't something you should keep all to yourselves. Help us reach others by sharing this episode and copying and pasting the link in the description. Don't forget, you can find us on facebook.com slash pod therapy on Twitter at pod therapy guys, and now on patreon.com slash therapy. If you want to add your own advice to today's questions, post your thoughts at podtherapy.net and join the conversation. I'm Nick Tangerman. And I'm Brian Goche. Thanks, and we'll see you for your appointment next week. Thank you. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.